Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Don't Yuck My Yum, the podcast where my wife and I make each other watch things, and then we decide whether we yuck it or yum it. This is the third entry in the Spider-Man films that we're talking about, I think. Ooh, good idea. She just put the phone that we record on our napkin stand, so I don't have to hold it the whole time. That's great. Uh, Always thinking this that, one. That's good, yeah. I'm a MacGyver. That's why I keep you around. I know. Because you, you think of this I, stuff. You think of different stuff. I know. I think so of together, stuff that you... We're a big old thinker. We're a big old thinker, as everything is. <laughs> um, I, I'm your host, Curly O'Gilchrist, and with me is the hostess with the mostess. That's what I say every time, so that's your name. I should get that's a your title. I should get a t-shirt. The hostess with the mostess? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you one. Or would it be the co-hostess with the mostess? Am but I co- We're co-hosts, You're, We're right? both hosts together, yeah. So you, okay, I'll get you that shirt if you get me a shirt that says Teen Heartthrob Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> I want, like, a 90s, like, it's purple. It has, like, the Saved by the Bells design. Right. Like, scene transition things. And it says Teen Heartthrob with hearts all around it. And then just a big old Kevin Feige's face. Do I have to find, like, an old photo of him from the 90s? No, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he looks like right now. <laughs> he kind of looks plasticky. He kind of, well, yeah, he's Hollywood, so who knows what they're doing they're over there. They're all plastic there. In those crazy Hollywood parties. Oh, I'm Courtney Go, Chris, yeah, by that's, the way. Yeah, that's right. So, this is our third entry, I think I said that. Yes. And we're talking about all the Spider-Man movies. My brilliant idea because all the Spider-Men are in the new Spider-Man, and they are. They will be. They are. Mark my words. Andrew Garfield is a Wait, liar. Say it, say it. Go mock me. Mock me. <laughs> That's an Outlander thing. If you haven't seen Outlander. If you guys haven't seen Outlander. Go watch Outlander. Please watch it. Yeah. And then message me because I need friends to talk And then about actually it. actually watch Outlander. Like, don't give up after like One. four episodes because oh, it's boring. It's no action. No, That's I, watch it. That's not even true, bro. And there is action. So much action. And I think, like, right away, it's, like, shows her, not giving away too much, but she's, like, um, oh, like the first she's, like, minutes. a surgeon yeah. in the, during the war. the war, during World War II. So you see, like, you oh, know, you guys see. with open wounds, and she's working on them, and they're screaming. So oh, yeah. right away, it, it's pretty gruesome. There's action. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. Unlike these movies we're talking about, which are not gruesome. No. Not gruesome. No. Which I appreciate. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll ever make a gruesome Spider-Man movie. I'd say the most gruesome they've gotten was that the fight with Goblin and uh, Spider-Man at the end of the first film. Oh, you think? That's, I think that's like the most gruesome. Is you, is, are you referring to most gruesome as most blood scene? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you see like, I mean, Peter gets the crap knocked out of him. And then when the glider pierces... Norman Osborn, you see the blood spurt balls. through the back. Yeah, through his balls. You see the blood spurt through the back of the wall. It's really like, oh, it's gosh. It's horrifying. Yeah, that was intense. But uh, we're not talking about that one. No, and we're not talking about Outlander either. No, we're talking about... The Amazing Spider-Man Dose. And Spider-Verse. And Spider-Verse. But into we're the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. We're going to say that. We're going to say best for last. We'll talk about the other one. First, is there anything else I have to say before we start? I feel like I'm missing something. Like what? I don't know. Like happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know it's been a while. Everyone's got to give the thanks to everybody. Um, 
you know, be thankful for all, all what you have and remember the pilgrims and, you know, the colonizing of America and, you know, the death of, you know, the natives. That was all good stuff. What? I'm glad, And I'm glad we're here now. So <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> how um, did we get here? I don't know. How do we get in most places? This is usually how I talk. I talk about this is a nice thing and then it slowly turns into, and this is the horrible stuff that surrounds it. I know. Yeah. And why am I like that? I don't know. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm too cynical. I'm too cynical and surly, I think. Yeah. It's my issue. Well, but that, that, you know, it's going to take a while for me to rough, you know, smooth no. out those rough edges. I've become more cynical, more, more surly, I think, since we got married. Don't say that. I think so. Oh, little spillage. Of my cold brew. I was trying to shake it up. I, I don't think I'm going to get this cold brew again. Because the ice melts so quick and it makes it watery. Well, you're not really supposed to put ice in it. Well, it keeps it cold, babe. You should That's get, the point of cold brew. We should get one of the, get those ice pat. You know, like those ice... Um, like you put no. them in the freezer, but they don't melt. Like the ice cubes that are... Ice cubes that don't melt? That's genius. You know, like... I don't know if they're necessarily plastic, but... You know, uh-huh. like they're molds almost. Oh, and you like freeze coffee and make like a cold brew out of that. Is that what you mean? No. Oh, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, okay, there are these like things that you can put uh-huh. in the freezer. They're supposed to be like ice cubes, but they don't melt. Oh, you mean like the little plastic things? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, mom I, used to have those. Yeah, like this is this is showing my age, but this is... They don't really see them anymore. No. But you would, like an ice pack, you know. Yeah. You freeze it and it would keep your coffee cold uh-huh. without watering it. I don't, yeah, that's true. Could invest in those or not. But that sounds like a good idea. Do they even make those still? <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't even know what they're called. I, th- I feel like those fell out of favor because probably people kept throwing them down the garbage disposal because they forgot it wasn't real ice. And then they would mess up their garbage disposal. Do you think? Probably. Do you see them anymore? I don't think so. What would you even call those? Non-melting ice cubes? Plastic ice cubes. Fake ice cubes. But like Colorful well, ice cubes. BS they, ice cubes. Yeah, those Yeah, things. this kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Well, I think, yeah. Those, I mean, that kind of stuff looks a little better now. Yeah. They're not... Well, the rocks are more for, like, alcohol. Alcohol. But we don't drink alcohol, do we? Not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we we do. Not all the time, though. No. Just, you know, I I just once a day. How are you feeling? Once a day, episode? 6 a.m., I wake up, I have my Bloody Mary. And I just drink with every meal. I make Bloody Marys yeah. for you on the regular. Uh-huh. No, I've never, and that's how I survive. I've actually never made a Bloody Mary in my life. It make me gag. No, I know you don't like the tomato juice. <laughs> Speaking of tomato juice, you know who also likes tomato juice? Spider Man. Does he? <laughs> Spider Man's dad might like tomato juice because a lot of people get tomato juice on a plane, and Spider Man's dad's on a plane wow. at the beginning of this movie. That, that was a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> I'm us back. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, amazing Spider Man two, babe. Yeah. We. Go ahead. Yeah, so we... Do you want to do the quick synopsis? Because I'm not good at those. <clears throat> yeah, I'll do it. Okay, go ahead. What I was going to say is, we really did a hard transition last time. Last episode, we went from 
the last of the Raimi films into the Andrew Garfield movies. We did. And what a change up, I must say. It was. It went from being like, like the Sam Raimi films definitely have their quirks and they have their tone and it carries, I would say it carries all the way through those movies. And then the, the first Amazing Spider-Man, I think we said like, you know, they tried to make it darker because The Dark Knight came out and every superhero movie wanted to be darker. Boy, oh boy, did they not do it for this next movie. I don't, okay. I will say, I'll just, I'll just say this. I don't, I don't swear on this podcast, but the only way I can describe that they did this, how they did this movie was they. No F words. Well, they, I was going to say they effed it. <laughs> they, they immediately just effed this franchise immediately like second movie in you gotta agree with me they it's like yeah immediately it's crazy they i don't know why they did the whole backstory with his parents yeah okay well i'll get the synopsis yeah so for anyone who hasn't seen amazing spider-man 2 amazing spider-man 1 basically he becomes spider-man amazing spider-man 2 well it's the first one ends with the death of Captain... Captain Stacy. Captain Dennis Stacey, Leary. Dennis Leary, yeah. Yeah. Gwen's dad. And, and he's and, like, don't be my And mother. he's like, he's like, leave Gwen out of it. Yeah. Because you're Spider-Man and this is dangerous. Yeah. And I don't and, want her dying. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And also, <laughs> Peter has his dad's briefcase. Because yeah. his dad had... Oh, Something to do with Oscorp and <laughs> I can't with this. Okay, so I guess I don't I don't even know how to set up the plot because there's too many plots in this movie. You're right. Like it starts with like spy well first it starts with Sp- Sp- Spider-Man's parents are in a plane and then they're they the, you see the plane crash and then he downloads something and then it jumps to spider-man chasing the rhino and then it's his graduation and then it's his father's briefcase. Yeah, I mean, I, we could cheat. What does it say? It IMDb. says, <laughs> well, the first one is, just a little one, it says, when New York is put under siege by Oscorp, it is up to Spider-Man to save the city he swore to protect as well as his loved ones. Wait, let me see that. Because the second one says, written by Sony Pictures Entertainment, we've always known that Spider-Man's most important conflict has been within himself. The struggle between the ordinary obligations of Peter Parker and the extraordinary responsibilities of Spider-Man. But in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker finds that his greatest battle is about to begin. It's great to be Spider-Man. For Peter Parker, there's no feeling. This is too long. This is I know, too that's why much. I just told the well, first one. Well, I'm saying this is written by Sony Pictures Entertainment. That Well, then that's how you know it's They're bad. just, they're, oh my gosh. They don't even know how to write the synopsis for their own movie. Um... Yeah, this one's weird to talk about. So I guess the best way I would say to describe it is that this one, they were trying to set up a franchise. Yeah. The first one was, okay, we got to reboot it. We got to introduce the character to the new generation. They had to start from the beginning. Yeah. Start with him becoming Spider-Man. It was a whole new take on the origin. Yeah. And then this one is they were, yeah, they were trying to set up. I was. I think it did feel like a filler movie. Like they were trying to set up something bigger, mm-hmm. but it ultimately fell flat. It felt like what Marvel did with Iron Man Two, but worse. Yeah. Because if you go back and rewatch Iron Man Two, it's definitely like they're setting up a franchise. But Iron Man Two still feels like a movie. This just feels like the setup for a bunch of movies that we never got, and it's sad that it exists. It it felt like 
it couldn't decide what it wanted to be or what it wanted to say. Right. It, like you said, it had too many plot points going on. It couldn't pick one. Yeah, exactly. It didn't know which road it wanted to take. Yeah, because it's like... It's like Peter graduates high school, and then him and Gwen break up, and then it's him being Spider-Man, and then Harry Osborn, and then his dad's briefcase, and it's just like all this stuff. Yeah, and a little bit of the Rhino, but mostly Electro, but then yeah. back to Harry becoming a Green Goblin. I, and I, yeah, it, I guess what sets up the plot mostly is like Peter and Gwen break up. Obviously, because they don't know what to do with their relationship. Well, they imply that they kind of been back and forth. Yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. Which, how long does this one take place after the last one? That's what I was trying to figure I was out. Because I'm like, does this take I really place thought it was two years later? The next or... year. Yeah. Well, because what is he supposed to be in the first film? Was he a junior? Was he a sophomore? I mean, in real life, I think he was like 27. Well, yes. But in the movie, <laughs> what was he supposed, supposed to, to be? 17. So, what is that, a sophomore? Uh, it could be a junior. Junior? Okay, yeah. let's say he was a junior. So this is like maybe a year Maybe later. it was in the summer. Maybe in the summer they were going back and forth. Yeah. Because and he's working doing being Spider-Man, but she's probably doing summer extracurriculars and working at Oscorp. Yeah. And they're, you know. And then they graduate. And then, yeah, then they have their, they must have, see, we didn't see their last year of high school either. No. Or was the last movie their senior year? I don't know. They don't say. They really don't say. That's why I didn't like... That's the one thing I didn't like about a lot of these early Spider-Man films. I didn't mind so much with the Raimi films, because those are good on They their looked own. like late 20s. They, and they, they look older. It's hard to math that they're they looked not even high school early. students. They looked even older. Yeah. But, than, than Andrew and Emma. Yeah, definitely. But these ones, it's like they try to... They want to rush so quick to get Peter out of high school. And it's like, yeah. that's a lot of the charm of... Spider-Man is that he's in high school. Like, you can do older Spider-Man. Like, I think Spider-Man in the comics now is, like, in his 30s. Like, they're not doing young Spider-Man anymore. They're, like, we're way past that. Yeah. Because you can only do so much with it. Right. But I think in the movies, we really haven't experienced that. Well, now we have with the Tom Holland films. But up to this point, when these movies came out, they just, like, we got to get him out of high school because... Well, because I think these previous movies, they did more cliches of high school. Yeah, Stuff that doesn't it wasn't actually happen. Like the high schools that just look so cool. Well, or just they the, were like what? Just like the like the stuff that they do in like that's supposed to be these embarrassing scenes. Like no mm-hmm. one actually does that. Like, no, I know. It's real life's more horrible actually. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, so I guess the plot of this is he graduates and then I guess it the best way to talk about this is just talk about like the characters. The characters are definitely the driving force yeah. of the movie. Like I, without, I think without the actors, mm-hmm. you know, without focusing on Peter and Gwen, nothing. I don't think anything else would be quite interesting. Nothing else works. No. That's, yeah, you. I don't. It. I don't think the villains were good at mm-hmm. all. No, I don't. I. I thought they were at putting in too much like mm-hmm. why is the rhino here right exactly. he doesn't need to be here i i mean they exactly i think they they he gets put in to set up the next movie yeah which didn't happen which didn't happen because we end the film with the rhino like we start the film with the rhino and then before we end the rhino. before he becomes the rhino yeah. and then we end it which oh my gosh bad who is it? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. That like, performance is so He's a really good actor. He is but, so good. But this he's, was, he's been in really great stuff. This was horrible. That yeah. accent. The His look. Accent, the, he's so manic and crazy. And they just 
did him all wrong. It, all wrong. They did him this dirty. Movie, yeah. If I had to say what this, if I would call this Amazing Spider-Man 2 wrong, <laughs> that'd be my subtitle. Spider-Man 2, just wrong. Just wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll talk about, so we'll talk with, about Andrew and Emma. I think. I think they're gold. They're great. And there's a lot, I would say there's a lot of moments in this movie, like a lot of Spider-Man moments where I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Which a lot of people talk about. Like you have the scene where Spider-Man, you know, saves the kid. Uh, it's the bullied. little moments. The little moments the little, in this are great. Yeah, the little moments are great. And I think Andrew, a lot of people say he is a great Spider-Man. Maybe not the best Peter Parker, yeah. but he's a great Spider-Man. I think a lot of that is they didn't know what to do with Peter Parker. But when he was in that Spidey suit, he had like a good old grand time. Yeah, I think when he's in the Spider suit, you know... I think Andrew Garfield is too cool to be Peter Parker. Yeah. So when he's Spider-Man, he can really shine. Right. And with him as Peter Parker, they try to make him... I don't know. They they had his dialogue be so quick and quippy. And mm-hmm. he was kind of more just kind of like... I don't know. Awkward in some ways. Yeah. But, he's like a weird awkward dude. But he wasn't nerdy. Yeah. And he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this really smart uh-huh. guy. But, but he were, looks too cool. He's too cool to <laughs> He's got such a cool haircut. He looks too cool. He dresses cool. He can skateboard. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like he's tall. Yeah, it doesn't mesh well. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, Toby, it worked because Toby looks weird. Well, he says he got a <laughs> weird turtle mouth. Yeah, he's got a weird turtle mouth. Like. Oh, poor Toby. Maguire. I really don't like Toby. I know. And, well, <laughs> Sorry, Tobes. I, I will agree, though. And it's just like, I just don't think they knew what to do with his character. I like, uh, but I again, I like the little moments. I like the montage. Mm-hmm. Like, after him and Gwen break up, they have, like, this montage of him just doing Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. And I also think Andrew and Sally Fields have a great chemistry as yep. Peter Parker and Aunt May. Oh, yeah. I thought they did really well with that. Because at his age and her age, like, she's not as old as the first Aunt May. Mm-hmm. But she's she's got that sassiness. Mm-hmm. And I love when she's vulnerable and it's like, you know, I don't know what to do. I can't raise you on my own. Right. You know, but you can... But I love that he's like, you know, you're my number one. You know, like, they're family and they're, they're all they have. They have a good family dynamic. Yeah, like, they literally just have each other. Yeah. I do like that then, they... Go ahead. Oh, no. I just think they have great moments. Yeah. Like, I think... They did do that well. Mm-hmm. I think what this movie did do well was the personal connections between Those the little, between the characters. Whether it's the people what, we care about, yeah. Whether it's him and Peter and Aunt May or Peter and Gwen, I think they did that really well. I like how they kind of go. You learn about Aunt May, like she's trying to take nursing classes. She's trying yeah. to do things so that well, Peter can pay, like can go to college. Yeah, she's trying to pay for his way to college. She's raising a teenager on her, on her own. own. She can't just, you know, yeah. be this the homemaker grandma or aunt, not grandma. Yeah, aunt. Gra- yeah. But you know, she can't probably do what she was doing when Uncle Ben was the you exactly. know the breadwinner of the I family. Know. And she's, like, losing him and just so sad. And, like, you start to see her, like, let go of Uncle Ben. Yeah. So, I, yeah, especially, I like those moments where mm-hmm. she's kind of, she's teaching Peter. Yeah. Where you, because then you do see that she has these motherly, you know, moments with him without being blatantly obvious about it to him. Right. And, you know, Aunt May, never, she's not dumb. No, I know. That's, that's. 
I, I, I think, again, I think a lot of this they get off from Ultimate Spider-Man because in that comic, you do spend a lot of time with Aunt May and her just struggling mm-hmm. to raise Peter on her own and to get to know him because she understands that, you know, Peter and Uncle Ben, they were close. They were. They were they they were buddy-buddy. And me, and, like, I'm his aunt, but it's like, I'm his aunt, you know? But it's yeah. like, now she has to, like, get to know him more and there's, like, more of a, a struggle there. Yeah. But, yeah, all that stuff is great. But then on the other hand, everything else is wrong. Yeah. It, it was, it's too goofy. I felt like, I'm like, why is this so goofy and weird? And Honestly, I think mm. a lot of that had to do with Jamie Foxx. With the way they did his character. Yeah, yeah. like, I think Jamie Foxx is a great actor. If you see him in other films, he can, oh, yeah. he's really, he can be really good in this role. I think it was all wrong. That's what I think is so bizarre, because it's like, yeah, Paul Giamatti as Rhino. You have Jamie Foxx as Electro. You have Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborne, Harry Osborne, who becomes the Green Goblin. You have, like, good actors to do... But wrong roles. Wrong roles. The way they do the roles is bad. Because there's a million different ways I think you could do the Electro character, and they did it all wrong. I... Every part of Electro, I hated. Yeah. Like, I hate that they made him this weird, like, antisocial creeper who Mm -hmm. was obsessed with Spider-Man. It's like they make him... it's like, this, oh, this one, is what nerds are like. Yeah, it's like, like, no, I, that's not what nerds are like. Yeah, I just think they did his character on And I think they should have had a different actor. Oh, you think so? Yeah, like, I think Paul Giamatti, like, all the guys you just listed, I think they shouldn't have been them. I think they should have been somebody else. I don't know who, but I think it should have been somebody else. See, I think, no, I, I to me, I think they could have still played the parts, but they just needed to change how they did the character. Like, not make... Not make Max Dillon a weird creepo in his room talking to posters of Spider-Man and all that. They Just make him, him like a normal guy. They made him have horrible lies. Like, it's my birthday. Yeah. Like, they they needed what did he to say? I'm gonna, change. What did he say with his lines? Like, it's my birthday and I'm going to blow out the I'm candles. I'm going to blow out my candles. Or something. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what is this writing? I will say that, and I hate that scene most, the music in this movie Mm-hmm. So bad. And so weird because mo- a lot of it was composed by Hans Zimmer. Which, he's like my favorite composer. Yeah, but they do the dubstep. So bad. I ugh, don't like dubstep. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I obviously, you know, I know everything about dubstep. So. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm the expert. I know also Skrillex. Um, Which is a very. Bass nectar. Um, Did you make that up? No, that's a real person. <laughs> That's real. That's a real guy. Bass Nectar. Bass Nectar. Buku. Well, I've heard of Buku. Uh, Dead Mouse. Dead mm-hmm. Mouse doesn't really do dubstep. Um, it just, but the music in this is bad. Okay, like the scene where mm-hmm. Electro's in Times Square. And yeah. <laughs> and he's like, they have him on the screen and he's just like, they're looking at me. They, they see, see me. me. And there's like this flute playing. It's like... And then the next thing he's like, you lied to me. And it's like, like, I'm like, what? That's so bad. Like, why is that his theme? Yeah. It's just like this bad dubstep. I'm like, even if it's bad dubstep, let it play longer because it's like, they just go, and then it stops. And you're like, okay, was that dubstep? Yeah, it was, they almost made it seem like his power of electricity made that sound. Made dubstep. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he would use his 
power, so to speak, mm-hmm. it made they put that sound on top of it every right. time they did. Especially like later when they have the big showdown and he's playing a song yeah. with his his electro oh, magnet. when he's like hitting the big electro thing yeah it's like it's a spider yeah yeah i'm like why did we do that because people know what that is babe because that's clever <laughs> but like yeah that's yeah, magic 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 <laughs> music makes a movie it can it can it can it can't it can make it or it can break it yeah because people all I think when people watch a movie, all of their senses are tied into it. Yeah. Well, besides probably smell and taste. Right. But, you know, the visual and the listening and hearing, that's got to hit. Like, that's mm-hmm. got to match together. Obviously, like, with, like, scary movies or stuff like that. Like, yeah, those the, stings. Like, if the mm-hmm. music doesn't fit, then you're not going to get the right feeling of the scene. Of right. what you, they're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. So, like... A, Music can make a character. Yeah, can impact them. So I think they, yeah, I just don't think they picked the right music for them. Like we we just we watched Dune recently, and Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for that, and it's incredible. Oh, nailed it! Absolutely nailed, nailed it. it. Like, so that we don't is know. Dune. Yeah, we don't know what happened. Like was was dubstep a popular music genre at the time the film was being made? Yeah. So the <laughs> corporate is like, you need to add this in Pretty there. Much. This is and such Hans like probably just like oh, like he doesn't know this. Stuff. Like, I know. don't believe that Hans Zimmer is some dubstep connoisseur and knows what this is no, about. No, no. So, I'm like, I just don't think that was his choice. Like, I'm going to back my boy up and think, okay, mm-hmm. he didn't choose that. Well, I think he he's probably up to date on, like, every version of music, but it definitely wasn't his choice to do dubstep. I think it was, like, six composers worked on this film and they called themselves like the something six to match with the sinister six they were uh, setting well, up. Well then we don't it's even really know sad. if Hans Zimmer had anything to do with that part. He may not have, but he's like the leading guy. Right. So it, but also Pharrell Williams helped do it. I think he's the one doing like the like you hear the voice when he's like what you don't ever do with Spider Man electricity. That stuff. You think that was him? I think it's Pharrell Williams. Doing really? That. I think. I'm pretty sure. Who else? I don't think it would be Hans Zimmer. I think it was him. Mm-hmm. But remember that? You hear like that? Yeah, I hear. That's why I'm like, what is that? Like, who is Hated that? me. Betrayed me. Yeah, the Spider-Man. It was, it was weird. It was like, like you don't need to say this. Like, we yeah. get that that's what he's feeling. It's like they did. It's like a, a superhero movie that should exist in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. It's so like cheesy and just bad, just like all all those choices, not good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I didn't really like Electro. I just didn't like how they made him like obsessive over Spider Man. Like I like. I think the, they just gave him horrible dialogue. <laughs> the part where he they have the camera right on him and the the doctor guy, and he's just like, you know who I am, and the guy's like, who are you? I'm Electro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. I think when a villain has to say their their own name, it's kind of If cringy. you have to say your own name, that's bad. It's crazy. It works in a cartoon or a comic, but in a movie, no. No. Like, you don't see Joker going around like, I'm the Joker, you know who I am. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, music was bad. I, I was thinking, like, the music in Amazing Spider-Man, not, like, groundbreaking. But it fit better. Yeah. And I noticed, like, watching it, it has, it's more subtle towards the beginning, and then... 
the as the movie goes on and then once he like you know becomes Spider Man, it has like a crescendo to it. Like the whole score crescendos into like the big hero thing. Yeah. In this one, it's just all over the place. It's just like. Yeah, it it was weird. It was like yeah. a mixing of it's flutes and dubstep of sounds, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't really fit. That's what they should have called this movie. What? Amazing Spider-Man Two: Flutes and Dubstep. <laughs> flutes and dubstep. Um. Well, okay. Yes. Yeah. So clearly, we don't like the villains. We didn't like the music. Yeah. I didn't like Harry Osborn. I don't like how it they just shoved him into so this movie. so bad. And it didn't make sense. No, it didn't make from sense. From the last movie. Because they set up Harry and Peter's relationship. I, like, we're supposed to know that they're best friends. But we never saw anything about him in the first movie. No. And then in the, this movie, they're like, man, what's it been? Like, eight years? Right. And supposedly we're supposed to know that they were besties eight years ago before Harry got shipped off to every country known to man. Yeah, and became a model or something. Uh, something. But in, and also like in the last movie, Peter like investigates Oscorp. He didn't know his dad worked for Oscorp. He meets Doctor Connors. It's like he's learning about all the Oscorp stuff now. But and you're telling me he was best friends, friends with the heir. <laughs> with the heir, with the the son of the guy who started the company. Yeah, and then in this one, they be- turned the goblin aspect into a, <laughs> it's a curse dis- it's of like a disease. the Oscorp of the Osborne yeah. family. Yeah. That all the Osborne men are cursed with the goblin. They become a goblin. Like <laughs> like like <laughs> when huh? they turn around six and they become a goblin man and they die. <laughs> like like what? what were like I'm just envisioning the writers in the room yeah. and then they're like, okay, uh Dylan, go, what do you got? Okay, hear me out. The Osborne's you know, the goblin, they're turning into a real Go- goblin. goblin. Because they're, it's a disease. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Like, well, Dylan, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the best they could come up with? I know. It's like, that's no. so bizarre. Why does it have to be that? I kind of thought, like... Like, it makes more sense, like, based on the first Raimi movie, that it was more like he got infected with... You know, it's like a, a serum. It's like a performance enhancer. Yeah. It's supposed to make you stronger, faster, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they're like, well, we can't copy that. So they made up this ridiculous idea. Yeah. It's... And the makeup was terrible. Oh, when he actually becomes when he be- the goblin. Yeah, when he's turning into this goblin his, creature. His, like, back. Like, there, apparently there's, like, a um, like a, a moment they cut out where it's, like, his teeth shatter and he gets, like, those gross goblin teeth. Oh, like, really? What? And they showed it to kids, and the kids were like, uh, the, they didn't like the, it. They took it out. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Well, yeah, he, he his disease affects... Let, okay, that's what's weird, too. His dad said he had the goblin disease, and it took him, like, years to die. And then all of a sudden, Harry has it, and he's dying now. Yeah, that's what doesn't make sense. Because his dad was dying at, what, he's probably in his 60s? Yeah. And now Harry's probably 19 or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. 18. And now he's just all and of a sudden dying all, from it. Yeah. All of a sudden, a patch is showing on his neck. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then he, yeah, and then he crawls into the goblin outfit. Yeah, supposedly the Oscorp was making these suits. Yeah, with the glider With the glider, some sort of military grade, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's usually how it is. And this suit supposedly kept the goblin at bay like i don't understand no i just think (laughs) because it it... said when he put it on it was like oh treating or you know it detecting detecting disease you know treating the disease my brain was numb yeah it was like it said something on his like 
arm screen or whatever it was like. Well, it's because he had to be the Green Goblin so he could go fight Peter Parker and then he could kill Gwen Stacy. That's why that happened. <laughs> That's the thing. Things happen in this movie because we have to get to this point. It doesn't happen organically. No. It's just like, That's, okay, Harry, because of yeah. Green Goblin. It's a forced story. I kind of thought... Like, if you have to introduce Harry Osborn... Right. I thought, like, you know what would be interesting is, like, okay, Norman Osborn's dying. Not from a goblin disease. Which he's been dying since the first film. Right. They make that, like, that's the whole reason Dr. Connors is doing what he does. Yeah. Is he's trying to come up with a way to save Norman Osborn, but then also doing a thing where he yeah, can Yeah, which we never back. see him in the first film. No, they didn't have him cast yet. Yeah. So, in this one, I thought, okay, you could, maybe he's dying of some, it could be, like, a disease that only the Osborns get. But it doesn't have to be like a weird goblin disease. I think that's stupid. Yeah. And then maybe Harry, Harry and Peter didn't know each other, but maybe Harry comes back because he wants to help save his father and, you know, prevent him from getting the disease someday. Because maybe it's like, oh, he didn't believe his dad. They're like, yeah, sure. Like it's he... a genetic thing. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, sure, dad. But then he's like, oh, no, I got to figure this out. And then maybe he finds Peter because maybe he talks to Dr. Connors and Connors is like, oh, this kid helped me. Right. And so then maybe that's how him and... Peter get together, and that's how they become, like, friends. But then maybe Peter learns, like, oh, Harry's not, like, a good guy. I think they should have introduced Harry in the first film. Like, even at the end. Yeah. Even the end would have been fine if they just had, like, a meeting while he... Because he was in yeah. Oscorp building how many times? Yeah. Like, there's, he could have ran into him, so, and they could have introduced him that way. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe Harry kind of helped like stop the lizard yeah so they kind of establish a friendship there right but then so then it would be more heartbreaking that harry is going through this bad thing and mm-hmm. maybe then becomes a goblin because yeah. they were friends right we don't know they're french at all we just have to take their word for it yeah they're just like we're best friends and they we're have the weirdest buddies. relationship I'm, i think they were trying to be like oh these are what teenage boys are like now this is yeah. how they talk yeah and i'm like you guys are odd that modeling thing you did man like oh yeah that was crazy like, Let's as long as you rocks. add the word dude in there dude like oh. then apparently we're my man we're hitting it my guy my dude that's what people say now my, my guy. guy my, my guy. guy my guy my guy uh yeah not good what else i think we hit on everything performances they did gwen dirty they, they did, did emma so dirty yeah. i i get the that they were dating in real life. I know they broke up at some point. I don't know if it was like still during this filming or after they were done, but they they had great chemistry. Oh yeah. And you, it was almost like they you were just filming their relationship. Mm-hmm. Is what it felt like. You were yeah. like you were just looking at their real, it, it real flirting, real feels like their interactions banter. are very they're cute and endearing. Yeah, it just felt it's it fun. felt very natural. Yeah. So I think they did well that way. And I just think they could have done more with her because she was really she was really good. Like, why couldn't we have then used her to become Spider Gwen, or mm-hmm. you know, or just kept her around? Like, why yeah. did we have to kill her off? Well, yeah, and I think for anyone who doesn't know, but like I think people do at this point. But Gwen Stacy notoriously, right? What she's most famous for in the comics was dying, right? Like I think I can't remember what I think it was in the eighties, and it was just. Peter was dating Gwen Stacy now, and she was more... But she was, he was dating her pre-Mary Jane, or was this post-Mary no. Jane? Huh? No, I think in the comics, Mary Jane is his first girlfriend, but then eventually they break up and he starts dating Gwen, and Gwen's more of like his speed, you know, she's a nerd, she's smart, mm-hmm. she's chill. Mary Jane was more of like a fun party girl, you know, 
So she kind of brought, you know, Peter out of this shell, but Gwen was more similar to Peter. And I think that's like why their relationship worked. And it was kind of, they, they were on this track to where they thought like, oh, maybe we'll have Peter and Gwen get married. But then they thought, oh, what, what if we like killed her? That would be crazy. So they did. Um, and that's like basically what Gwen Stacy's been famous for, for all these years. And it, it had been similar in the comics that the Green Goblin tosses her off the bridge. So similar to actually to the first Spider-Man film, except yeah. with Mary Jane. But in the comic, when Spider-Man flips a web to catch her and it snags her foot, the sudden stop breaks her neck. Which I see why they couldn't <laughs> see, do that. Because that's pretty intense. But her slapping on the ground is yeah. pretty hor- horrific. So that that makes a little... That seems like, oh, he was just a tad too late. Yeah. It, you know, it's not as, like, intense as, like, oh, no, he kind of sort of killed her. In- indirectly. Indirectly killed her, which was always, like, a dark turning point in the comics. But I could get why they didn't do it in this. But I just don't understand why they had to... One, why they had to kill her. And then if they did... They could have waited because I just felt well, like... Well, like, why wouldn't they wait till the third movie to do yeah, that? Yeah, that would have been the time to do it. Yeah. Or do it, like, halfway through the movie and then, like, then she becomes Spider-Gwen because Peter uses his blood to save her or something. Right, because in this movie, the whole thing is that Peter's blood, it... Like, he could only have been Spider-Man because his dad put his own blood <sighs> into... <laughs> What the the venom or something that. into the what you call it? Yeah, the venom into the what you call it. Yeah, and, and then, then well, no, he's like, what did he say? He put his own blood into the formula. Yeah, he used his DNA to create the spiders, and the spiders had the venom, and the venom would have cured Norman Osborn, but then he destroyed the spiders. But there were some spiders left, so the only way the, the spiders only had his. DNA in it, and then Peter got bit by the spiders, and that's why he became Spider-Man. But how would have it cured Norman Osborn if he had his DNA in there? Like, I don't know. I I thought he did it after the fact. After that, he's like, "Oh, Norman's turned against me. Now I'm gonna put my DNA in there." <laughs> Maybe, or I don't know. I thought he did it from the beginning. Like that, he was like the catalyst for it, or something. I don't know. Because then Harry like. He's like, give me your blood, Spider-Man. I need your blood. I need your blood. You're a fraud, Spider-Man. You're you're such a pooper, Spider-Man, for not giving me your blood. You're a fraud, Spider-Man. Yeah. What do you expect? You're just going to expect this guy? Yeah, give me your blood. Yeah, it's like, okay, dude. You weirdo. Who I don't know. (laughs) 19-year-old alcoholic. I know. Why do we keep showing Harry drinking, like, straight scotch or something? He was in Europe, babe. They could drink when they're 14 over there. It's fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> I don't think they can drink liquor. I can. I think they can drink beer or something. Oh, they can't drink liquor. No, I think. What, yeah. They have to wait till a certain age to get liquor. When I they're believe. fifteen, drink. Liquor. No, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they're all alcoholics over there. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Or they can hold their liquor better. Everyone over here is a mean alcoholic in America. Um, <laughs> like Harry Osborne. Yeah. Um. But you lost my train of thought. I had a point. Did you? I'm sorry. And you ruined it. Um, I'm sorry. Harry Osborn. Yeah. Magic blood. Right. <laughs> Harry was gonna... Oh, no. Did you lose it? Yeah, because you had to go on your silly little rant about European drinking. Harry has... once the magic blood. Right. Yeah. Peter... I think the point Peter's is just that was stupid. <laughs> There you go. There's the point. That was dumb. Why did we need that? Well, it was just like Peter 
gets mad. He throws the calculator. There's coins in the calculator. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the coins. He goes to the Roosevelt coin. station. I feel like we're going to talk an hour about how dumb this film is. We're it not- will, It deserves it because it's so bad. Um, there's a train underground, and then the train, there's the oh, yeah. his dad's secret that lab. That felt very... Oh, gosh. When he throws the calculator and oh, all these wow, coins come out, and he happens to know that these coins are for, like, a train, I guess? The subway? They must be tokens. Like, tokens? Yeah. That they used to use back, and, and then he finds, like, the abandoned subway. But when it, and... when it came out of the ground, it <sighs> felt very... <laughs> Almost like I'm trying to find the right movie that to relate that to, like National Treasure. Yeah, maybe like a National Treasure. Like it's I mean, like, yeah. well, there's the brick and the the puzzle, yeah, and like, it points to the clock tower. And at this time, it's old Benjamin yeah. Franklin. Or, or like Harry Potter, it was like this magical train that oh, just yeah. came out of the ground. Oh. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah, very bizarre. And that was. How That's does his dad make that? Is what I want to know. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's really smart dude. <laughs> and he's like a total engineer or something. He's an engineer. He's a scientist. He can create he's spiders. A, he's a construction worker. He made his son like, a Spider-Man or something. somehow make that in his lab. And somehow the the download from the plane that he did at the the dad did at the beginning of the movie after yeah, like being born style and fighting off this guy somehow was still there oh the computer got it it's yeah, still got it. it's oh, still oh, waiting to, to for the okay I, i'm surprised a rat hasn't chewed up those wires by then or something anything it was a sony uh product that's why that's why it's very reliable right. sony is <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so when he he goes there, he finds this, and what answer does he get out of that? That his dad made the spiders and he was portrayed by Norman Osborne. Oh, that's where he found the video. Yeah. Um, where he's like, oh, oh, right, because Aunt May told him, because he wants more answers about his parents, about his dad, and she's yeah. like, oh, these government men came he's, after your parents' death and they said that... The reason he was leaving, fleeing, was because he stole... He was a traitor. He was a traitor or something. He stole money or something. Yeah, he wanted money from something. It was like, he's a bad dude. Yeah. But then he's like, like, I don't believe it. But then his video was like, for anybody who's going to, you know, soil my name. I'm not a bad guy. And what you know, not true. Yeah. It's not true. (laughs) I'm not a crook. I'm not a crook. This is why. I made spiders, and I destroyed the spiders, and my son Peter is a Spider-Man. Yeah, pretty much. If they had said that, I'd been like, good job. Brought it around. Oh, um, There's something else I was going to say about that. I can't remember. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It was just all over the place, wasn't it? It was a strange film. It's just all over the place. I can't believe place. it's a Spider-Man movie. It just felt so empty of a soul. Like, just, like, the action pieces in the first one, like, weren't amazing, but it's, like, you know, you have all the cops in New New York, and Spider-Man's, like, having to, you know, fight them and go around them, and he's, like, swinging on the cranes and all this. this there was none of that in this. It was just kind of, like, okay, there's this villain, and then there's this, and then Harry Osborn takes down two guards, even though he's dying from a goblin disease, and then... Oh, yeah, with the taser. Yeah. And then he fights Electro, and then it's, like, comes the second villain. That's the big boss of the movie. The big boss of the game's coming in. The Green Goblin. Here we go. Peter's got to protect MJ. Make sure MJ doesn't lose any life while you're it's trying to It's not MJ, it's Gwen. Whatever. 
Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. None of it matters anymore. These movies are done. Well, maybe it will. Maybe they'll redeem it because Andrew Garfield's in the new Spider-Man movie. He will be. He will be. That's what we believe. Mm-hmm. It's what we believe. It's what everybody believes. But yeah, basically, this... I, yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, basically, yeah, this movie was like a setup for a universe because I think it was like... They had kind of planned to maybe put this in the Marvel Universe, but it didn't work out. They were still kind of thinking about it. And they wanted to basically set up their own Spidey Universe. So it was like planned after this, they were going to do a Sinister Six movie with all the villains for some reason. And then do like Amazing Spider-Man 3. And then they were going to do a Venom movie, which eventually became the Venom movie that we get now that's totally separate. Mm -hmm. And they would have done a fourth film... They talked about doing an Aunt May used to be a secret agent movie or something. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, they, I, it was, yeah, they had a lot of bad ideas. Aunt May? No, Was a secret no, agent or something? No. There's a, I won't talk about all this, but like Kevin Feige gave like his notes on this movie and you can like find them and read them and they're pretty hilarious. He just kind of is like, what, like what is with Peter's dad, super scientist? That's weird. Why is this happening? That's bad. Oh, like he wrote all these notes about the after seeing this movie, like, like kind of critiquing it for Sony. Okay. Because if they were in talks that that he was going to inherit this version of Spider Man, he's like, "Can you make it better? This is really <laughs> bad." So did he give them these notes before they released it to the public? Oh uh, yeah. Why I, didn't they fix I, it? I think I would. I mean, someone like Kevin Feige, I would suspect he would have done these notes prior like the finishing of it right like special effects everything so i think yeah they were very well aware of what kevin feige thought of this and knowing like you know he's created the help create the mcu it's a big success but no they didn't change anything Mm. they just released it as it is and they're like you're wrong and look what happened right yeah but anyway, that's that's basically what was gonna happen, and we didn't get that, and it's kind of sad because I feel I felt bad for Andrew Garfield. I th- yeah, I think he deserved one more film. He did. He definitely did. I think it's a shame that they ended it there. Well, you know, they fired him because he didn't show up for like some meeting or something. He was supposed to be there, and they fired him. Really? Like they were so petty about it. They were like, you're fired. And he was just like, whatever, I don't like this anymore. Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. I remember they fired him because there was some shareholder blah, blah, blah meeting he was supposed to go to or something. And he just didn't go because he just, he said he wasn't feeling well. He might have been sick. I don't know. But he just didn't, he didn't give him a heads up and they were mad and they fired him. Wow. I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sony's really petty. Mm-mm-mm. What are you going to do? But anyway, that's Amazing Spider-Man 2, Flutes and Dubstep. <laughs> wrong wrong i think yeah i think i just liked the characters it's sad that it's that's i how think it they ends. had yeah i think the three the three people i liked was just peter gwen and aunt may yeah the rest is all poo poo they're all poo poo and they're poo poo pants mm-hmm. i like paul giamani and his little rhino and he's like at the end he's like i'm the rhino <laughs> <laughs> that just made me cringe and then the little boy with the spiral yeah, outfit on like, i'm gonna Ugh. like what did I didn't like that. I didn't like that he's just like, I don't like it when child actors act bad and he's just like, I knew you'd come back. Mm-mm. Don't like that. <laughs> like, no, no. Sorry, boy. You're cute, but you're not a good actor. Get out. You're good in that one scene where you didn't say anything. Don't make him talk. Right. But yeah, the Spider-Man stuff's good. I like when he's like, you know, you want you want me to come down there so you can kill me? Okay. Yeah. It's good. Like, yeah. Like, we like, it, we like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Bad. But 
they just they did him dirty with the plot and the villains. Yes. Well, babe. <laughs> now we're gonna take a break from a word from our sponsors. Ah, uh, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that. We're from our sponsors, the web shooters, the toy web shooters that you think are real web shooters, but then they're just silly, silly string, and you can't swing on them. Sad days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember those as a kid? They had like Spider-Man webs, but it was just silly string. Yeah, it was just silly string. Yeah, you couldn't stick. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't swing. You couldn't be Spider-Man. That was a letdown. That was a letdown. I'm. Uh, it was like the Capri Sun uh, commercials where they they like you'll turn into a silver person. You'll turn into the Silver Surfer if you drink Capri Sun. I know. And you don't. Never happened. Never happened. And you're, or, you just drink it. You or get when sick. you eat an airhead and your head didn't turn into an balloon. airhead. It didn't explode. It didn't turn into a balloon. No. Or if you eat something sour and your face puckers up and it stays that way. Or wasn't it with gushers your head would turn into a giant fruit? Yes. Never happened. This is the stuff we saw as yeah. children. That's kind of weird. It's the like, 90s babies. Yeah, that's how they... Uh, this is how they advertised candy. Stuff. Really, your head will turn, Your head will explode. Your head it's will awesome. explode or turn into fruit or you'll turn become into a, a fruit. silver person. Yeah. I'd rather be a silver person. I mean, yeah, because then they kind of like flew around okay well if your head had to become a fruit what fruit would you want to be mm, maybe maybe a lemon lemon yeah i could see that yeah, a, little lemon. a little lemon i'd be a jackfruit i don't want people around me <laughs> your head would stink exactly <laughs> i'd be the worst all right what are we doing now now we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. That's right. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So technically, so after Amazing Spider-Man 2, Tom Holland, he came into the picture. But we're going to go ahead and save the, the next those two movies for the next episode. Since Spider-Verse is just a one-off, we'll, just, we'll talk about that right now. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, babe. Yes. Crazy. Best Spider-Man movie? question mark it it's hard to top but i think spider-verse does have an unfair advantage because it is an animated film yeah it does can do a lot of cool stuff. it can do a lot of cool stuff that yeah. way so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to have this film compete with the others because it's not really fair right it's not really fair and it's literally it's six whole- spider-men in this movie technically seven one of them dies spoiler alert yeah, like that's not, that's not fair. Yeah, so it's like it's the most Spider-Man of all the Spider-Mans, but it has so much heart, and it's made by Sony Animations, which is shocking to me because usually Sony Animations is crap. Sometimes gold is struck. Like what? What? Like what? I mean, I meant this. Movie. You meant this movie? Okay, I thought. Do you have any other ones? No. Don't they do the Smurf movies? I've never seen those. Okay, I, I mean, I haven't either, so I don't know. <laughs> Wait, don't they do the Snorlax? Or, not what? Snorlax. The Lorax? I don't know. The It's Dr. Seuss? Yeah. The Lorax? Yeah. I don't know. Is that Sony? Maybe. I don't know. Did they do the Grinch? Why are you asking me these questions? We're talking about Spider-Man! Did they do Adam's Family? Stop. Did they do the Grinch? Do you want me to continue <laughs> doing podcasts with you? Yeah. <laughs> Did I do the the Lorax? I can't remember. You're just naming off Dr. Seuss characters now. I know that's all I know. I can't remember. Are you sure? What? 
does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So Spider-Verse. Yes. I think it was a success because I think it really surprised a lot of people. Yeah. It did. It shocked me. Yeah. I like I'm like I think it's going to be good. Well, I think when you saw but... the trailer, it was visually stunning and shocking you're like oh this looks cool Mm -hmm. but i don't think really people knew what to expect or really had any expectations for it because i don't think many people knew of miles story no like they don't really know who he is right i didn't i know you did because you're mr comic book but Mm -hmm. the most general population (laughs) doesn't know who he was right so they and we had nothing to compare it to so i think that definitely introduced a new character yeah um, with, and Miles' story is interesting, too, because he technically came... He's not from, like, the main comic. So there was... In the early 2000s, Marvel developed the Ultimate Universe, which was basically a way to, like, bring in new readers. And this version, they had Ultimate Spider-Man, but eventually they killed him off. And they They thought, killed Miles? No, Peter Parker. Oh. They killed off Peter Parker. Yeah. And um, I think the creator, the writer of that comic, Brian Michael Bendis... It was kind of like a, a bunch of things. He was sort of inspired by, like, he had adopted a child who I think might have been Hispanic. And he wanted wanted her to have more, like, a representation in the comics. So I think that's why Miles is technically, he's black and Hispanic. And a lot of people say the Donald Glover thing had something to do with Miles being created. Would you know about the Donald Glover thing? Uh, you did tell me once. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, basically when they were casting Amazing Spider-Man... There was, like, a tweet put out. It, it Basically, the internet blew up with people saying Donald Glover should be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that would have been perfect because I think he was kind of at a right age where he could have been was Spider-Man. Was this during his community days? Yeah. Okay. I think it was during community days. So, so he, he was, was younger. He was younger and he was starting to become big and, he, you know, he did some rapping stuff. So he was well-known in, like, many communities, whether you like rap or you like his show, his acting, whatever. Um, obviously, that didn't happen, but... Um, a lot of people think like that was also something that inspired Brian Bendis to create this new character, which became Miles Morales. So they kill off Peter Parker, and then Miles, they introduce him as the new Spider-Man. And then I think eventually the Ultimate Universe, they got rid of it. They, like, the universe literally collapsed in on of itself mm-hmm. in a miniseries they did. And Miles was such a popular character, they brought him over to the main continuity. So now he just exists with the main universe, Peter Parker, and... All this stuff. But they had, when he was in the Ultimate Universe, they had done a miniseries called Spider-Men, where the Miles, where Miles Morales crossed over with the Peter Parker of the main comics. Mm -hmm. So I do think that was something that inspired this movie, was like, oh, we could do Miles' origin. Because Miles' origin in the comics has nothing to do with the other Spider-Men coming around from other universes. It's just, he becomes Spider-Man. And Peter Parker's death inspires him to carry on the title. Does he get bit by a spider and all that? Yeah, and it's different in the book. It's like he, because the spider, the ultimate Spider-Man spider was created by Norman Osborn. And he creates another one later that ends up getting in like this box his uncle has. Because his uncle, who was the Prowler in the comics too, Mm -hmm. is supposed to like do something at uh oscorp like supposed to steal something as the prowler and he has like a box and the spider gets in the box and he brings it home and then miles comes and visits him and then the spider bites miles okay and that's how he gets his powers but it's like more enhanced so that's why miles gets like the extra abilities of like camouflage and the 
like the venom sting he can do. Oh, so is that what it is? Mm-hmm. It's a venom sting. Yeah, it's like I a, it looks so like electric, like a. Mm-hmm. That's how they portray, but I think it is. It's like a like a sting, like a spider can do to oh, someone. Gotcha. And it always it's fun to read in the comics because it does have a delayed effect. Because he'll just like touch someone in the one panel. And then the guy will be like, what did you just do? And then the next time he's like, God, he like freaks out. (laughs) It's funny. Um, But I think a lot of that inspired this. And I also have a theory. I think Marvel secretly somewhat commissioned this so that to test the waters to try to maybe one day do a live action Spider-Verse movie. Uh, So they're like, okay, you do it first. Right. So if it plops, y'all get the blame. Yes. And we have nothing to do with it. Exactly. And again, I think it it worked because we're getting a Spider-Verse live action movie. It's happening. Oh, it's it's official? Well, that's what the new movie's going to be, basically. Right. Yeah. So I think that was basically them testing the waters. So they're not like recreating this movie into live action. No, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someday they do to some degree. Like, because I think I think eventually we'll get a live action Miles Morales and then we'll probably have some more crossover stuff. But right now, I don't think so. I think it's too early to do that. Yeah. But anyway, that's like the history of Miles Morales. And then Spider-Verse is a movie. That we were going to talk about right now. Yes. So ba- basically what I said about Miles' origin. That's basically the plot. He gets bit by a spider. Mm-hmm. He starts to develop spider powers. But there's more to it. Because he ends up like going back to where the spider bit him. And then he comes across um, Kingpin's like secret lair. Where he has this thing called the Collider. Which can like open this bridge to other universes. Yeah, it's basically opening like a black hole portal. Just mm-hmm. ripping open the what like just the like space-time continuum yeah everything just opening up that that rift in time and space yeah where anything can come out from any existence that's ever occurred yeah connecting to like other universes yes and so when he gets there spider-man the the spider-man of this world is trying to stop him and he's Mm -hmm. fighting green goblin voiced by chris pine chris pine does this version and he's blonde he's blonde they make him a little different he's blonde boy Mm -hmm. i i will say i love that look of green goblin i don't think it could work for a live action movie no but that's what that's what some i think that's why animation does have liberties that way yeah it's like you can make green goblin actually this monstrous huge goblin Mm mm-hmm and have him fight him. I think it's like sort of an amalgamation of the nor- the regular universe Green Goblin and the Ultimate Green Goblin. Because Ultimate Green Goblin does literally turn into like a giant gro- goblin monster. Mm-hmm. But I could see that there was like elements of like, well, he has like the big purple hat. And instead of like a glider, he has wings. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, Spider-Man's trying to stop it. It goes bad. Yeah. So. Um, well, like it is, he does stop him. Yeah. But the cause of breaking that collider, that explosion, mm-hmm. he gets hurt. He gives Miles, who's there, he gives him... The device. The device. It's like a USB port. Yeah. Like a little little fob thing. Mm-hmm. He gives it to him. And he's like, you need to, you know, finish this and stop him from doing this again. Right. Kind of thing. But then Kingpin, you know... Crushes him. Ugh. 
Bill Ugh, puts an end to him that way. I, it's not it's not funny, but I, I think it is funny when you know Kingpin takes off his mask and Peter's just like, oh, that's a no no. Yeah, like, oh, that's, oh, that's a no no. <laughs> but yeah, I love this version of Spider Man. Even though we don't get much with him, but he can tell he's a very fully developed hero. Yeah, he loves being Spider Man. Like we get a whole intro is, with him. Yeah, I like it when him and Miles have that little back and forth with their spider sense. Yeah, he's like you like me. Yeah, but he's immediately he's like you're like me. Oh my gosh. Hey, I know you're scared. I, you know, if you hang around, I can show you the ropes. Like, he immediately goes into this mentor state where he's yeah. just like, oh, my gosh, you're probably freaking out. But I can help you because I've been through this. Yeah. Um, but what kind of sets up the the spider people from coming in is Green Goblin, like, sticks Spider-Man's head in the collider. So it kind of brings in... All the other Spider-Men. From the other universes. Slash women. Slash women, yeah. Um, and then... They just plop in. Plop in. And then Miles... It's more like shoot-in. It's not very nice to them. More like... It catapults them into they the More like it catapulted in. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty forceful. Poor, th- poor guys. Poor people. But, yeah. I, uh, but, yeah. So, Miles escapes after Spider-Man's dead. And then he comes to discover, like, you know, the other spider people. Mm-hmm. And then leading them to, like, okay, we got to stop. We got to band together and stop this. And we got to get all the other spider people back because if they stay in our universe too long, their molecules are literally going to... They're glitching. They're glitching. They're freaking out. They're they're literally going to just, I don't know, disintegrate. Yeah. Because they can't be in another universe too long, which I thought was a cool, interesting concept. Well, it makes sense. Like, you can't just take them out and put yeah. them in a new thing. Like, it's not going to work. Right. And it kind of, it gives, like, a drive to the plot of, like, okay, yeah, like, we got to get you back. Yeah. I think whenever there's a time crunch... Like, mm-hmm. that, that's always a good driving force to apply. It's like, you only have this much time to yes. fix whatever the problem is. Exactly. So you're not kind of mucking about and getting too many plots going on. Like, this is the main we plot. We just gotta stick with this. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that's, uh, that's basically the plot. Um, this movie's amazing. They it's really, they really did a good job. They it's so good. The animation was great. They had a really cool style that I'd never seen before in animation. That, that's a lot of praise people give it. Like even if you're not into Spider Man, mm-hmm. that animation you can't deny is incredible. Yeah, the, you know, like that old three D look uh-huh. where you could see the red and blue yeah. outlines. It was kind of like that mixed with a comic book. It's yeah, I think that's the concept because it's, they're they're kind of three D, mm-hmm. but you get but there's still you know you get the word blobs, the mm-hmm. blurbs, you know his thoughts and stuff like that, and like they they pretty much are making a comic book come to life. Which before because it made me think of like like this is a good way to do it because of you know filmmakers before said like it's like bringing a comic book to life. It's like what. Yeah, rest in peace but Joel Schumacher said about like his Batman movies like he's like it's like a comic book come to life or when people were ever telling me to like oh Carlito you gotta watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the world it's like a comic book come to life and it's you're like, a comic book guy and I'm like, like no really. shut up <laughs> like I don't need that but this is a good way to do it well yeah like well Scott Pilgrim was live action so when you're blending live action with animation mm-hmm. it doesn't really work all the time no but with this one, since it's fully animation, but they, they just really did a good style of it to tell the story. You can see, like, like when characters are up close, they're kind of fully in focus, but far away, they kind of have, like, what you said, that 3D red and blue. Yeah, they kind of have this outline to yeah. them that kind of makes them pop out a little more. Which I think is something you find in, like, older comics, too, because the way they would color them and, like, mm-hmm. on old, like, 
like computers or whatever, it would have that like kind of red, blue, yellow bleed sometimes. Mm -hmm. So there was like that element to it. I knew this movie was going to be awesome right away. Just because after the opening, like, titles, it the things pop up that says, Approved by the Comic Code's Authority. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Would well, you, if they approve, If they approve, yeah. Then you know. Do you know about that? The Comic Code's Authority? Like, the specifics of it? No. <laughs> Please tell me about um, the Comic Code's Authority. <laughs> no, it's interesting. So... Frederick Wertham, Wertham, I think is how you say his name. He wrote this book back in like the late 50s, I want to say, almost 60s, called Seduction of the Innocent, where basically he blamed all of um, child... Uh, like, youth issues. Yeah, youth delinquency on comic books because right. they're reading comics and they're seeing violence. Maybe you have told me about yeah. this. Isn't there like this whole court thing about it? There was it? a whole court thing. They brought all these comic creators in. It yeah. basically destroyed this company called EC Comics, which they were popular for doing horror comics, which obviously very graphic stuff, mm -hmm. but great stories. But they completely went under because then the government was like, well, we need to do something. And they made the Comics Code Authority, which it, you can, if you read it, it's so hilarious. It's like you can't show violence. You can't show this. You can't show that. That's why... You watch, like, the old Batman comics, him going from fighting, like, gangsters and supervillains to fighting, like, aliens. And all the action, instead of happening, like, right in the forefront of the panel, it happens, like, far away in a building. So you didn't really see it. Right. No sex, nothing, no gore. All that stuff was, like, banned and destroyed. Right. Eventually, comics were just like, eh, whatever, because then Frederick Worth, it turns out, like, all his stuff was, like, faked. He, like, faked all his research and everything just to be oh, yeah. famous. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, but that's what I thought that was just such a cool little, like, okay. a little nod there. A little nod. I like that. I'm like, okay, these guys obviously know what they're doing. Like, yeah. They know the source material. Right. But yeah, just like that animation, man. Yeah. They, they, I think they really knew that this style of animation would really make the film. Like, it's definitely a, I think it's like almost like a character. Yeah. Like without it. It would not be the same. Because they're able to implement, like, the... Like, when Miles falls and he's trying to learn his spider powers, and he's like, ah! But you yeah. see the, ah! Like, the, the words, A's. yeah. Like, in a comic book, you would see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just, uh, you know, all the little, like, onomatopoeias, which they kind of, like, like at one point, you know, Spider-Man throws a bagel over his shoulder, hits someone in the head, and it just goes, bagel! Yeah. No, it's quippy. It's quirky, yeah. and it's funny. it's funny. And it, yeah, it just adds that extra flavor to the film that mm -hmm. really made it stand out so good. as well as the music yes that's a whole flavor what we were talking about with how music really makes the movie and with this one they got it right on the nose they got it's like a really good like hip-hop vibe yeah but that fits miles it's character. miles's character you know, he's yeah. a young boy young teenage boy yeah this is what he's gonna listen to yeah this is gonna want you know young african-american boy in brooklyn like that's gonna be his that's his style that, it, right away he's listening to uh post malone so yeah. listening to sunflower post yeah i i always like listening or like seeing that scene because right when it gets to the part where the lyric is supposed to be she wanna ride me like a cruise yeah he, does, he doesn't say he gets he cut off he, she goes he wants to drive Oh, what mom okay yeah <laughs> he gets cut off like you wouldn't say that no <laughs> poor miles <laughs> yeah which do you want to tell uh the listeners about sunflower just like it's one of our songs well yeah you just told them it's our one of our songs yeah yeah well I, yeah it's it's but it's like oh. one of our like you know yeah. how like couples they have, have songs 
It's what, that was one of our songs. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because it was, like, right maybe before we started dating. This we, came out. We saw yeah. this together. You'd seen it before, then you're like, oh, you had to see this movie. And so we saw it together. I saw it twice in theaters. Yeah. Because it was so good. Yeah, and it was so, yeah, we liked the song, and we would listen to it in the car. Mm-hmm. And then when we got together... You're like, you're my sunflower. You're my sunflower. You're my sunflower. Yeah. And yeah, so it kind of be- became our song. Yeah. Yeah, because then we did Long Distance and we listened to it. and So we kind of have like a, a uh, sentimental connection with this movie. Yeah, with, yeah, we do. I think so. I th- Well, and there's a lot in this movie that I think, uh, like, especially like some of the voice cast, which we can talk about that if you want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of great voices in this. Um Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson. Which anyone who's fans of New Girl. That's, he is Nick. Peter. Yeah, Nick Miller. Nick in, Miller. In New Girl. But in this, he voices Peter B. B. Parker. Parker. So the other Peter Parker that comes from another dimension. He's basically, he's Peter Parker, but he's older. He's older. Like the first one we meet is like, he said he's been doing it for what, 15 years or something? Something like that. And so yeah. he's probably in like his... He was 26. Yeah, he's 26. And then I think this guy, he's been doing it for like... 22 years. 22 years. So he's probably in his like... 30s. 30s, yeah. He's divorced. He's made bad financial choices. He's a, yeah, he's got a little bit of pizza baby he's belly. He's got a pizza baby belly. <laughs> I, what I think is hilarious though about Jake Johnson is that he's notorious for playing like the older, schlubby, grubby, grubby yeah. characters and even in animation. I know. <laughs> That's who he plays. But I think it's because his voice is just so perfect for that. Because yeah. he's snarky, he's sarcastic. He's got that like, ugh. He's, yeah. He's just got that great voice for it. So I'm glad they chose him. Right. It's It, it works really well. Yeah. But anyway, there's that version. There's... Uh, what we were talking about her, Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen. So, yeah, she's mm-hmm. young. She's, like, Miles' age. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got that cool, you know, short haircut. Yeah. I love her ballet slippers. I like that. That's cool. I think that is from the comics, too. She does have ballet slippers. I think that's a costume. nice touch to her. It's cool. These yeah. turquoise ballet slippers. Yeah. It's very, because it shows, like, you know, the... The daintiness of like how she would have to like move as Spider Gwen. Yeah, like and she's all that. very yes, she's very graceful that way. But yeah. you know she can still beat. She can go beat butt. She go beat booty. Um, I pointed out something I think you never noticed, but in her origin, it shows that like you know. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That uh, she beat. She couldn't save her best friend Peter Parker. Yeah, she. That was her main drive. Like she lost Peter Parker. As but her she best was friend. able she, to save her father. Yeah, she saved her father, but she couldn't save Peter. Which in her flashback, you see that he got turned into like a Green Goblin character, a lizard, a he lizard. Was, I think okay, it, it was a I lizard. I think in his universe, in her universe, he was Peter the becomes the lizard, lizard, which yeah. I thought was really cool. I'm like, I, I, see, I never read the Spider-Gwen comics, so I don't know much about her, but I'm sure that's pulled right from it. But yeah, I thought that was cool that they made Peter Parker the lizard. Yeah, she was voiced by Haley Steinfeld. Yep. She's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, who else is there? Oh, so we got Spider-Man Noir, voiced by Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He's great. He's like a 1920s, 30s. 30s, like, like detective, yeah. private eye. Yeah. I like to drink egg creams and beat Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
the wind smells like rain. Yeah. Per- Nicolas Cage perfect for that role just because Nicolas Cage is such a unique actor. Yeah. The way he says all his dialogue in every movie he's in. Spider-Man mm-hmm. Noir was like, that was the perfect fit for him. Yes. And then they have Spider-Ham. Peter Porker. Peter Spider Porker. Ham, who is a spider bitten by a radioactive pig that turned him into... Oh, is that what it was? I thought it was a yeah. pig... Uh-uh. Oh, no, yeah, he was bitten by a radioactive... He was a spider bitten by a radioactive pig, and it turned him into a pig with... So he, he turns into a pig, but he still has his spider powers. Right. And then he's... Uh, but he works with the Daily Beagle. Be- the Daily Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very Looney Tunes film. Yeah. I feel like he, you know, mm-hmm. with the giant hammers and the... Which they even, like... They're oh, he said, yeah, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. And, and, then, that guy, and he's like, was it, was it Spider? Was it was Peter one? B. Parker. Oh, yeah. it was Peter B. Parker. He's like, can you even say that? Can you say that? Like, legally? Yeah, can you say that? But they yeah. kept it. But he, yeah, Spider-Ham is actually from a whole line of comics. It's like Spider-Ham. There's like all the animal versions of the uh, Marvel characters. It's pretty funny. Like, you have, um, you have Throg, which is Thor, but he's a frog. Okay. So it's like... That kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then the last one we have is Penny Parker. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like this Japanese girl from like... like, anime girl. Anime girl from like far into the future. Like like 3,000 something. Something crazy. And she's Uh got this like robot. I think it's like she shares a psychic connection. With... The spider. Who is also like her father's... Well, it was the father's suit... Yeah. That was used? Yeah. That the, the spider was using uh-huh. to, like, fight? The f- yeah. It was almost like a big Hero 6. Very much so. Yeah. It, I don't... She's technically not from the comics, but she is inspired from... There is a Japanese version of Spider-Man. Like, and he did have, like, a giant Power Ranger Megazord-type robot he would use to fight bad guys with. Oh, okay. It's pretty awesome. So it's a, kind of a nod to that, I guess. Yeah. If you ever look up clips, it's great. It's like watching, like, Godzilla meets Spider-Man meets Power Rangers. It's hilarious. <laughs> All your favorite things. All man. my favorite things in one. So that's that's where she comes from. Um, so, yeah, you just have all these great versions of Spider-Man. They're all just, like, doing their thing. They um, And they basically have to, like, teach Miles to be Spider-Man. Yeah, which Miles, he's just this awkward, clumsy, goofy, sweet teenage boy yeah. who is just trying to figure his way. I really like how they set up his training, though, because it's a lot for him. Yeah. To, like, being thrust into this. And I think what I love about the twist of this, so, you know, we all know originally Peter Parker, Spider-Man, he always was his Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. And this, we get a little bit of a different twist on it that, you know, he looks up to his uncle. His parents are still alive. Miles' parents. Parents are alive. Yeah. They're they're good. Dad's a cop. Mom's a nurse. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, they're heroes in their own right, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. So it's like, then he becomes Spider-Man. But then his uncle, who he looks up to, who he, like, does graffiti art with and stuff, turns... Uncle Aaron. Uncle Aaron. Who's, like, the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Who turns out to be the prowler. Right. Turns out to be a bad guy. And he's one of the bad guys that's there when Kingpin kills uh, Spider-Man. That yeah. universe is Spider-Man. Yes. It, I think Muhammad Ali is Mush- Marshala, Marshala Ali. Okay. He voices Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry is Miles' dad. He's great. Oh, Lily Tomlin's Aunt May? I didn't know that. 
Who's Zoe Kravitz? Oh, she's Mary Jane. Yeah. Just wow. A lot of hidden... John Mulaney's Spider-Ham. He's amazing. Yes. It's funny, like, because we just finished watching Big Mouth Season 5. I know, so that's all I heard was... <laughs> I heard was Andrew. It was Andrew. <laughs> like... I'm, like, hearing Andrew's, like, vulgar dialogue coming out of Spider-Ham in my head, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, But, yeah, they kind of set up, like, Miles. He's, like... Like, what's going on in his life is, like, he's at this like new he's like at a prestigious school. school now away from his friends at because he's really smart yeah mm-hmm. so he's he's trying to have to like make new friends find guy find his place in this new school yeah so he's got some you know some growing pains that way a little awkwardness yeah trying to figure out what he's meant to be there mm-hmm now on top with getting bit by the yeah. spider and not, not developing spider powers yeah so it, and witnessing Spider-Man's death, and now he's got to have responsibility of being a new Spider-Man because he promised him that he would make things right. Mm-hmm. He would stop Kingpin. Yeah, stop Kingpin. Man, um, I love like when Miles starts having like his inner monologues. Yeah, he's, he's like, "Why is my thoughts so loud? My voice so loud?" And he's like trying to talk to Gwen Stacy, and he's just like, "Why is my hand moving? Is it moving in slow motion, or am I just moving it that slow?" Yeah. <laughs> Because Uncle Aaron teaches him the... The shoulder touch. The shoulder touch. Hey. Hey. No, they just... Yeah, they did great. They they got the right cast. They had great animation. They had a great story. They just hit all the marks. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of great moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like when Peter B. Parker's teaching Miles to be Spider-Man. They're mm-hmm. swinging. Well, he's just like, all right, let's go. We got it. And then, you know, they take the bus up to the lab they have to go to. Yeah. He's just like I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not swinging up there after a burger breakfast. You kidding me? <laughs> Going into yeah, the... I think just the contrast between the two of them is really funny. Yeah, they just make for a great comic duo that way. I love the snarky Peter B. Parker. He's amazing. Yeah, so funny. But yeah, just a lot of great moments of redemption, and you know, then with Miles becoming his in his own way like becoming his own spider-man and being more confident in himself and then just knowing that everything's going to be okay yeah exactly um i forgot what i was gonna say oh the villains there's actually six villains in this movie i counted them so we got kingpin kingpin we got doc ock who's a female doc ock lady doc ock yeah we have she's voiced by katherine hahn who Mm -hmm. is great oh yeah yeah, you got Prowler. The other guy, I don't think you know him, is Tombstone. Which he's like I don't the, think many people would know him. No, he's he's a prominent character in like the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. He's like a uh, albino dude who files his teeth to razors. Yeah, he looks like he looks like a like a goblin thing. Like, he looks <laughs> he like, looks like a vampire. He looks like a creepy vampire man. He looks like a zombie. Actually. Yeah, but yeah, you got Morbius. Uh, Morbius? No, sorry. Tombstone. Sorry, yeah, Morbius is not in this. Yeah. Uh, Scorpion shows up. Oh, yeah, Scorpion shows up. It was a cool version of Scorpion I like. Was he speaking Spanish, or what was he speaking? I think he was speaking Spanish. Okay. Which I think that might be inspired from, because the version of Scorpion you kind of get in Spider-Man Homecoming is he is like a Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if he he's I don't know if he's going to actually become Scorpion, but he is playing the guy who becomes Scorpion in the comics. Okay. Um and then who oh and then Green Goblin. Yeah. So six villains. Six villains, six Spider-Man. There you go. They they did it all. 
I love the Lady Doc Ock reveal. I always thought that was great. I did not see that coming. I'm like, who is this scientist lady? It's just so random. Right. And she's like, well, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc Ock. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. I thought, I thought her tentacles or whatever were interesting because yeah. it was like like a blow-up, like mm-hmm. squishy plastic arm. It's like a synthetic kind of thing that can change shape and can... Has like a lot more. It's not. It's not as hindered as just being like this robotic mechanic. No, it was thing. very. It was more fluid, and yeah. it, it was. Yeah, it looked. It was more air blown looking and yeah. squishy. And she has like all the weapons she can pull out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, good stuff. Um, Aunt May, you talk about Aunt May in this one. Yeah, she was younger, like. I think she was more like a Sally Field age, mm-hmm. and yeah, she was funny. She was more. She was. It's like she knew more. She knew everything. She knew more than what people would think she did. Yeah. Yeah, like, because Peter had this secret, like, underground lair with all the spider <laughs> and suits and all. Yeah. And it's, like, it was almost like Aunt May was kind of, like, helped him make everything. Because she made Miles his web shooters. Yeah. She's like, oh, I made them myself and all this. So I was like, oh, so Aunt May's got a bigger role here. She, yeah. She's almost like his Alfred, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Kind of, yeah, like his outfit. That's actually what I was gonna say. Yeah, you get like the the the. There's like a spider buggy, which is actually from the comics. He had like a buggy at some point, mm-hmm. which obviously I think there was like a running joke though in the comics that it would always break down because you know why does Spider Man need a buggy? But also, of course, that would happen to Peter Parker. Right, <laughs> always breaks down. Has all the spider suits. Would you look at those spider suits? They some, all look so cool. Yeah, you see like the Iron Spider suit from the comics. So it looks a little different from the ones from the movies. Um, I'm trying to... Think there, there was a few... I'd have to, like, get, like, a... Like a shot like of Like a that. screenshot and just look at them all. Because I know there's, like, tons of different Spider-Man suits from the comics. And I yeah. think it's, like, all of them are there. I I think what this film did well was they just took an, a big old tip of the hat to the comics. Yeah. And I think that's what made it work. I think what I noticed this time when Miles uses the... Hey, on uh, Kingpin, mm-hmm. like what you said with the animation, you literally see the word "Hey" show up <laughs> behind Miles. <laughs> it's just yeah, a lot of really clever, witty humor in mm-hmm. this one. They, it's a good script too because it works in a lot of character traits to like the any like uh, Miles is very good at graffiti art, mm-hmm. and you know that becomes a part of his suit because yeah, he, he graffiti the spider on his chest. Yeah, because he basically gets one of the suits that's in the the lair, yeah. but then he graffitis on it to make it like his own his design. colors. Yeah, yeah, which is like that black and red. That's such a good design, mm-hmm. and I think I like because that's the same design from the comic. But in the comic, it's not like I think in the comic he just gets that suit from Shield, right? It, but it, is, it doesn't have the graffiti. That's not a touch. No. So I like that touch for this movie. Yeah, kinda, and then. He kept yeah, his kind of jacket on at first, like With the he, hoodie. Yeah. yeah, so pretty dope. It looked like yeah, you could, like that's Miles. You could tell like, that is Miles. That's Miles. It's funny I say dope because it doesn't matter. But the guy who plays Miles stars in this movie called Dope, which I don't think you've seen. It's a good movie. Probably not. No. Um, yeah, it's just good stuff overall. Funny enough, I think the first villain that Miles fights in the comics is Electro. <laughs> I think. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? That's what makes him get recognized by, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. Is like, Electro, after Peter Parker dies, Electro escapes from S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. And Miles comes in and helps. Um, I think he... Well, he doesn't kill him, but... Stops him. He stops him. And I think like, that's when they kill off Electro in the comics, for those comics. But that's when Nick Fury's like, oh, okay, let's 
someone to keep my eye on, so he sends him the the black and red costume. Gotcha. Yeah. Is there anything else? trying to think the the ending's amazing i love the the moments with the characters Mm -hmm. they have a great yeah the great crescendo of miles coming into his own and yeah you know becoming his own spider-man and yeah they they end it well i like his dad his dad's a great addition yeah it's nice to see like the dad have a good relationship with the son even if it embarrasses it's like yeah you tell me you love me because yeah. I love you. Uh, yeah, he gets on this cop, uh, the, uh, the yeah, speaker the, thing. Yeah, you the gotta radio. say I love you. Yeah, the radio. I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. I love you. you. <laughs> it's like, I, are you me? Are you doing this right now? Really doing this from everybody? Yeah. Um, Dad, I love you. I like the, uh, Miles and Peter's like moment at the end when Peter's like, "No, I gotta stop him," but then Miles is like, "No, you gotta go home, man." Yeah. Like I like he, he's holding him. He's like, "You gotta go home." Yeah. Like I got this. Like it's okay. Yeah, he does the move back on Peter. What Peter did to him. Yeah. And yeah, you can see. Yeah, there's that was Miles' growth and becoming responsible. Yes. It's like no, you need to go. I can do this. Funny. The only one question I have that I yeah. kind of was like, how did that work for that? Because you, we know that we saw that Fisk killed Peter Parker by smashing him. Oh right? yeah. He did the same thing, thing to, to Miles, Miles, but Miles is fine? Question mark. Yeah. Well, I kind of took that as like Spider Man can take a lot of hits. I kind of took that as like. Spider-Man at the beginning of the movie, he was just, like, crushed by a bunch of rubble. And I think Kingpin just gave him the finishing blow. Mm-hmm. Where I think Miles is... Well, and then I, I think you heard Peter go, man, I'm tired. Yeah. I think he was really hurt. I think he knew he wasn't getting out of there. Right. The way he was talking to Miles, like, yeah. he's just like, it's okay, go, it's fine. I'll be with you in a minute. He knows he's not getting out of there. Right. I think I've just... I think it was like, why is Miles okay after that yeah blow. i i just think he didn't he is wasn't just crushed by a bunch of rubble like he just didn't take a beating i didn't know if he's, like, if he's younger he's more resilient but he was so little probably but yeah. i guess he's spider-man so he he's got Spider-Man. he's got you know uh-huh. he's got some powers there so he's gotten it's fine he's you know it's like we you just like okay he's fine but right. i was just kind of like how are you okay the only question I had at the end, I'm like, so are we going to get to know more about Miles' roommate? Because Miles' roommate knows he's Spider-Man. You know what I think that was? What? It almost seemed like a nod to the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, how he's got that... Ned Leeds. Yeah, that friend. Yeah, his friend. I was like, oh, maybe that's him. Yeah, it, well, um, what's funny, though, is we could talk about more of the Tom Holland films, but I think the character of Ned Leeds in those movies, he's like an amalgamation of two characters mm-hmm. because what he looks like, like uh, the big Asian boy, he, that look of that character, I think his, what is his name in the comics? Jank? Kink? He has like a weird, he's like a funny like Asian name that I've never like heard before. Uh-huh. But uh, he, that's Miles' friend in the comics. Okay. And then I think they kind of took the look of that character, but gave him the name Ned Leeds for the Tom Holland films, which the actual character of Ned Leeds in the comics eventually becomes Hobgoblin. Oh, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. I know. That'd be crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think that might be what they're doing. I don't know. 
Well, the animated boy in, in Into the Spider-Verse, his roommate, uh-huh. looked Asian. Yes, I think that might have been who that Could was, Could be actually. that who it was. Yeah, he's reading Spider-Man comics. Obviously, he's a big fan of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I, that gave me anxiety. Like, when he's just, like, sitting on his computer all night and Miles is trying to sleep. I'm like, how do you kids do that? You just stay up all night just like, <laughs> Teenage boys, man. They're crazy. Doing their homework all night. I'm like, go to sleep, bro. Does, that's Nuts. how you know we're get we're old. I know. Because <laughs> we we think that way. Ugh. Did you ever pull an all nighter like studying? I never did that. I don't think I've ever pulled an all nighter studying, but I have pulled an all nighter before. Yeah. But it wasn't from studying. It okay. was more just being fun and goofing around and watching movies and gotcha. just not being tired. Same here. Yeah. But never like I'm gonna pull an all nighter. I'm gonna drink ten Red Bulls and no. study till six a.m. when yeah. I have to take my exam. No, it wasn't like that. I hate when people do that. I'm like, why? Study the day before and then sleep, you weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, babe. That's Into the Spider-Verse. That is. If I remember when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, like this that... is going to be awesome. Yeah. And it came out like a year before. Like literally a year to the day. So I was like, I have to wait a whole year for this awesome movie? That's crazy. Yeah. I think this was also produced by Phil Lord, who he's one of the guys who was supposed to make that Han Solo movie, but then he got kicked off. But he made the Lego movie. Him and this other guy made the Lego movie, and they made the 21 Jump Street movies. But I think he didn't direct it, but he helped write this movie and produce it. I'm like, man, give those guys a Marvel movie. Yeah. They would be great. And I think that's what I liked about this, too. It didn't feel like a typical Marvel movie. It didn't feel like these typical MCU movies we get all the time. Yeah, because it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was yeah. fresh. You know, it was. I was glad to, like, see these characters in, like, a yeah. fresh new way. I was wondering if they were going to do a second movie in this style with Miles based on the ending mm-hmm. when he's laying there and you hear Gwen's voice and you kind of see, you know, like, a portal thing you open and she goes, Miles, Miles, wake up or whatever, like... I think they are. Hold on. Let me do like a quick Google search here. Because this movie came out in 2018. Yeah. So it's already been, you know, three years. Let me see. I'm sure if I find something that says like sequel question mark. Uh, sequel. Untitled Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse sequel. Uh, you can't trust Wikipedia though. No, I know. But they basically get their information from everything else. Um, with the Ryan directing, it was set to focus on the relationship between Morales and Steinfeld's Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman. Right. The film was officially announced in November 2019. Animation work began in June 2020. Which I'm sure COVID then delayed. Yes. So it's probably, what, next year? The film is scheduled to be released in the United States on October 7th, 2022. Delayed from an initial April 2022 uh, date due to the COVID-19 pandemic. A female-focused spinoff film is also in development. So probably do a whole movie just based on Gwen? Yes. Let's see. Let's see. we got Miles. Jake Johnson's coming back as Peter B. Parker. Good. Oh, they're doing Jessica Drew Spider-Man, Spider-Woman. She's like the traditional Spider-Woman from the comics. Because Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman is... she's. They also call her like Spider-Gwen, which I don't know. Which, that gives away her identity. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, she's voicing her. Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Okay, I recognize her. So she's doing. She's Jessica Drew. Additionally, do you not say that bit? Takuya. Takuya Yamashiro? Mm-hmm. 
from the 1978-79 Japanese Spider-Man. That's what I was talking about. Oh. Okay, so they're doing like an actual version of him. Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Uh, blah, 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 according to Ryan Phil Lord, who states that he, that the character has already been designed. Okay, so they are actually doing that version of the character. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, we forgot to mention Oscar Isaac's um, Miguel, Spider-Man Oh, yeah, that is... They do have a fun little end credit scene Mm -hmm. of him. Yeah. Which he's like a future Spider-Man. Yeah. He's like, he's a, he was like a scientist in the year 2099 who wanted to develop uh, people to be like, have like enhancements like the Spider-Man did of old, obviously of old, like from when he is, but the science... Uh, experiments affected him so now he has spider-man powers and he yeah. becomes the new spider-man of the future yeah so then you see him I'm, i think it's like he's talking to like an ai mm-hmm. and he's like oh i want to go to the beginning to the beginning he's like oh we we know how to develop universe jumping now so yeah. now i want to go back to the 60s back to the beginning and it's like the 60s spider-man animation yeah. <laughs> and he comes back and he's like i'm spider-man i need you to how dare you point it the 60s fire it's rude to point you pointed at me yeah it's just this funny little back and forth and then the cops is like who pointed first and jay john jameson says like spider-man pointed first obviously (laughs) i love that moment yeah it was cute it was funny well they are making a sequel so here we go i'm excited oh good well babe yes that was amazing spider-man 2 and spider-man into Into the the spider-verse boom so Next time we come back, we're going to talk about the Tom Holland films back to back. Yes. Which that'll be fun. Um, um, I don't think I've seen those in quite a while. So those It's be been a while. Out. I yeah. think the last time we saw the was probably in theaters. I saw the second one in theaters with you and I saw the first one in theaters and I don't know if I've watched it since. I may have once. I, got, I think I might have watched it on a plane, um, but oh, that's okay. it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we'll watch the, Spider, the new Spider-Mans, the Tom Hollands, and then... We'll do a review of the no the no way home. Dun dun dun. Which they're in. You want to sign us off, babe? All right, people. If you don't know the drill, now you will. You're gonna find <laughs> us. What? No, no. You ruined it. I'm sorry. You can find our podcast. Don't yuck my um on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a shout out. Don't yuck my yum on Instagram or don't yuck my yum pod at gmail.com if you're old school like us. And be sure to check us out for our next episode. We never know when it's going to come out, but that's why you love us, because we're spontaneous. We're crazy. So we will see you guys next time. Thank you. And And goodbye.